welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do a great job. You can find out more by visiting johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples magazine. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll visit with Byron Donalds, our U.S. representative. We'll visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. And our former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, will be joining us as well. It is July the 15th, and on this day in 1964, Senator Barry Goldwater from Arizona was nominated by the Republican Party to run for president. During the subsequent campaign, Goldwater said he thought the United States should do whatever was necessary to win the war in Vietnam. At one point, he talked about the possibility of using low-yield atomic weapons to defoliate enemy infiltration routes, but he never actually advocated the use of nuclear weapons in Southeast Asia. Although Goldwater later clarified his position, the Democrats very effectively portrayed him as a trigger-happy warmonger, This reputation, which deserved or not, was a key factor in his crushing defeat at the hands of Lyndon B. Johnson, who won 61% of the vote to Goldwater's 39%. There was one other thing uh, that contributed as well. Uh, You may recall there was the Civil Rights Act that was passed uh, just previous to that, and uh, Goldwater asked Robert Bork, Supreme Court candidate, you may may recall, who did not make it onto the Supreme Court, Uh, He asked uh, Robert Bork to write an opinion for him about the uh, constitutionality of the Civil Rights Act. And Bork uh, wrote a long thesis uh, and did find some elements that he thought might be unconstitutional. So Goldwater voted against the Civil Rights Act. At the time, Martin Luther King was a confirmed Republican, and he said he would never vote for another Republican again as a result of that vote. On his deathbed, uh, Goldwater said he regretted his vote because it was on a technicality. It certainly wasn't on the substance of the bill. Barry Goldwater, nominated on this day in 1964. Within an hour at Wednesday evening, a group of about 60 demonstrators swelled to approximately 300 in front of the Collier County Courthouse in Naples. Demonstrators, young and old, carried Cuban and American flag banners that read SOS, Freedom for Cuba, and Cuban Lives Matter, drawing honks of support from passing motorists. Cuban Americans and supporters continued to demonstrate in southwest Florida to stand with their Cuban friends and family who are protesting in the island's largest cities, voicing their frustrations with the food and medicine shortages, as well as the rise in COVID-19 cases and deaths. Protests in Cuba began Sunday and is considered the country's biggest and anti-government movement in the past 30 years. Cuban continue, Cubans continued a decades-long struggle with freedom, especially now during the country's worst economic crisis. Now, uh, Jen Psaki said that uh, she thought this was not because, about communism. She thought, it w- or freedom, it was about mismanagement. I don't know who she expects people, who would believe that? Unbelievable. So moving back to the Paradise Coast, uh, U.S. News analyzed that uh, 
150 most populous metro areas to find the best place to live. To make the top of the list, a place had to have good value, be a desirable place to live, have a strong job market, and a high quality of life. Naples ranked seventh overall, just two points out of first. It ranked the seventh in best place to live. Uh, It ranked fourth in best place to retire. It ranked number one in best place to live in Florida, number two in the safest place to live, number three in the best place to live for quality of life, and number four in fastest growing places, uh, number 14 in most expensive place to live. So uh, good showing in all categories. Pretty impressive out of 150 communities. Uh, Naples is truly uh, the Paradise Coast. Governor Ron DeSantis announced that the Florida Department of Education awarded $44 million in Federal Unified School Improvement Grants, a UNISIG fund, to support 149 struggling schools and 29 school districts. It can be hard for struggling schools to recruit and retain top talent today. I'm proud to announce a $44 million answer to this question, said DeSantis. I have consistently said that the number one way to create great opportunities for our students is to be ensuring they have great teachers. In Florida, we will continue to take a strategic, data-driven approach to make our schools the best in the country. Frederick Douglass said it best when he said, It is easier to build strong children than to repair broken adults. That's a great quote, isn't it? And with these funds, we ensure our students have world-class educators in front of them each and every day, said Commissioner of Education Richard Corcoran. Our number one goal is to ensure that each of Florida's 2.9 million public school students receive a world-class education and are given the tools to succeed. These funds help accomplish that important work by incentivizing great educators with proven track records of success to come and help our most vulnerable students. Uh, it's, a, it's a big deal. There's going to be a special uh, bonus for teachers that uh, get good ratings. Principals may qualify for up to a $45,000 recruitment, retention, and performance bonus. Uh, this is, I think, a great idea. Incentivizing people to go where the need is the greatest, and that would be into failing schools. More than 1.8 million unemployed Americans have turned down jobs over the course of the pandemic because of the generosity of unemployment insurance benefits. That, according to a poll uh, poll published yesterday by Morning Consult, of those surveyed who are actively collecting unemployment benefits, 29% said they had uh, turned down job offers during the pandemic, according to the poll. And among the group who said they had passed on a job, 45% cited the generosity of the benefits as the major reason why they didn't accept the job offer. It's just parenthetic. I just can't understand why uh, that wouldn't, uh, not accepting a job wouldn't cut off benefits immediately. But that's another, just my opinion. The findings are based on Morning Consult survey, uh, a representative sample of 5,000 U.S. adults from June 22nd to June 25th. Based on the 1.4 million Americans who were collecting unemployment benefits as of the week of June 19th, the most recent figure available, Morning Consult estimated that 1.84 million Americans had passed on a job due to unemployment benefits during the pandemic. These UI recipients possessed the necessary skills and experience to be offered a job in the current economy and had some level of contact with prior employers or activity or actively applied to positions at some point during the pandemic. Well, uh, while health care concerns and child care obligations are a barrier to many unemployed, uh, these workers acknowledge they would be employed if in the absence of the unemployment benefits, he said. 
unbelievable. So we're actually uh, contributing to uh, a sluggish, the sluggishness of the economy by not, uh, by having unemployment benefits that are too generous, the largesse of the government. Well, after a dismal showing in 2020, George, uh, Georgia Republicans are finally on the rebound. The vote came back on Tuesday, and Georgia's special election held over a seat in the Georgia House of Representatives with a landslide victory for the Republican candidate. In a poll shift that greatly upset Democrats, Republicans Devin Sebaugh won a decisive victory against Democrat Priscilla Smith in a crushing result of 26 percentage points, 63% to 37%. That's uh, pretty amazing. So maybe the Republicans are back in Georgia. That would be good. A group seeking to ensure the elections are run fairly said this week that an in-depth analysis of mail-in ballot images obtained through the court order shows that hand count audit in Fulton County, Georgia last year was riddled with massive errors and provable fraud. The analysis turned up at least 36 batches of mail-in ballots containing 4,255 votes that were added redundantly to an audit result, according to Voters Organized for Trust Election Results, that's Voter GA, near 3,400 were for Democrat Joe Biden. The team examining the ballots found seven audit tally sheets they believe were falsified to contain fabricated vote totals. In one example, the group said the batch contained 59 ballots, images for Biden, and 42 for former President Donald Trump. It was reported then on the ballot tally that uh, 100 for Biden and zero for Trump. Hmm. The analysis revealed that 923, or 60%, of the 1,539 mail-in ballot batches files contained votes that were incorrectly reported in the county's official 2020 election result. We believe that there's a massive audit errors, Garland Favorito, uh, founder of the group, told the press conference on July the 13th. <clears throat> so uh, uh, the audit will continue, much to the chagrin of the uh, Democrats. They don't like this at all. Uh, and uh, remember, Rathisberger said that these all, this is the cleanest and best vote uh, ever. Well, that certainly isn't the case. There's no widespread fraud in 2020 election, he said. Uh, but uh, certainly there was, and he's going to have to recant that position. Well, the uh, arrest of former South African President Jacob uh, Azuma this month has triggered looting and violence in the country's two most populous provinces amid a record wave of COVID-19 affections. Uh, this is just such an interesting story. It's not getting much coverage in the uh, press here in the United States, but uh, problems in South Africa. The segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date. By reading Life in Naples, the website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lula Bee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. 
Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. It's a new refreshing social networking platform. You can download the app by going to choicesocial.us, the website choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with our Congressman Byron Donalds. Right now we have with us Keith Flaw. Keith is the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, we're a 501c3 not-for-profit organization, coalition of well over 100 groups now across the state, uh, grassroots groups, and we focus on um, K-12 education primarily. Uh, to us, that means uh, strongly supporting um, parental choice options for kids to, uh, to, frankly, get out of government schools and... Uh, to stop the indoctrination that's taking place on so many fronts, you know, critical race theory, um, denigrating our constitutional values, um, and there's some good news on that front that we can talk about, but uh, that's primarily what we do, Bob. Do great work. The organization's been around only eight years and having tremendous traction in Sac in uh, uh, Tallahassee, in both in the legislature as well as with the governor's office and the Commission of Education. I just just uh, very proud of the work that you're doing, Keith. So uh, before we move into that, though, uh, you also were involved in this uh, Bill of Rights ordinance that uh, was being proposed and got shot down by the co county commissioners for some un unexplicable reason. What are your thoughts? Well, it was, uh, my first response and thoughts were one of anger. <laughs> How could, uh, and it turned out to be a 3-2 vote against our, board, uh, our Bill of Rights, how could uh, three uh, pro proclaimed conservatives vote against our Bill of Rights? But they certainly did. 
and they did it out of ignorance. Um, two of them were lawyers. They absolutely do not understand our Constitution. Uh, they don't understand the, the Supremacy Clause. Uh, they paraded a bunch of uh, folks uh, th through the, the public comments who, um, and, and that's where my anger kind of turned to one of sadness. Um, there must have been, you know, 30 or 40 people that stood up and proclaimed the federal government has unfettered power uh, to rule their lives. Um, that's not our constitution. No. Um, and, and so it just, it, it, it became one of uh, sadness. Now, that is so disappointing in my view. Uh, I mean, each of these officers, elected officials, took an oath to uh, uphold the Constitution. It simply it's reinforces this whole notion because we're seeing overreach now by the federal government, and we need to make sure that those that have to protect us from that overreach have the backing of the people and elected officials. This, to me, was a very timely thing to, to vote on. We should have a Bill of Rights. We should be a Bill of Rights sanctuary. But uh, unfortunately, yeah. well, we ended up with, I guess, what, uh, some sort of a resolution? Yeah, it was all uh, it was all a sham. Um, you know, they voted after six hours of public testimony. Um, they voted uh, three to two against it, and then uh, uh, chair chairwoman uh, Penny Taylor jumped up immediately, ran to the the screen, and put up a a, uh, a resolution. Uh, resolutions are absolutely meaningless. Yep. And it was strictly a, a CYA exercise on her part and and the three board members who voted against this to say, see, we support the Bill of Rights, but in fact, they don't. Yeah. Um, it was just all, uh, in my view, it was an act of uh, absolute cowardice, what they did. Yeah. And uh, they should be called out for it on every front. On election day, perhaps they will. <laughs> yeah. So, well, what's also interesting, I heard your next speaker is going to be uh, Byron Donalds. Uh, Congressman Donalds uh, was at the first hearing, spoke up very strongly in favor of them doing this. Uh, Rommel was there, Representative Rommel was there uh, on Tuesday. Uh, the sheriff was there the first time personally and couldn't be there this time, but his second in command was there strongly supporting this. So these three cowards, and I think that's what they have to be called, um, you know, undermined uh, the support of, of folks like uh, Congressman Donalds and uh, and our sheriff. Yeah. I mean, it's just astounding. And you make a good point because it's the sheriff that ultimately would probably have to take a stand somewhere, somehow, on uh, some sort of overreach. And uh, we, he certainly needs our back. Uh, uh, anyhow, anyhow, thanks for, for the report on that. Disappointing, but uh, we move on. Still a great place to live. So uh, tell us, uh, apparently there's been some new civics standards that have been approved uh, by the Department yeah. of Education? You know, uh, one of the things that uh, Governor DeSantis uh, uh, um, signed a bill on back in uh, the last legislative cycle, so it would have been 2020, uh, requiring the Department of Education to develop a set of new, uh, of new and best in the nation civic standards. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and along with that, Holocaust standards, and they turned out adding in uh, character standards. Uh, we've been working with the Department of Education since last August, uh, providing input. We've brought a number of experts, uh, constitutional experts, to the table. And uh, we've been through three rounds of public comment. Um, the, the most recent was uh, last week. And uh, I haven't seen the final final, but I listened to the hearing yesterday state, with the State Board of Education. And, um, you know, it, it appears that almost all of the recommendations we made have been included. 
Uh, one of the major ones was to stop calling us a democracy and start calling us a constitutional republic. Mm -hmm. uh, these standards do that, but they go much, much deeper. And so uh, I'll, I'll be excited to read the final, but I'm very encouraged by what, uh, what happened yesterday. That's great news, uh, Keith, and uh, we sorely needed, frankly. Uh, can you, is, can, on a, some sort of a tactical level, is there certain things that will be going on as a result of this, like a, a test, civics tests, or uh, new textbooks, or can, any kind of detail like that? Well, uh, a little bit of that is unclear. The governor uh, <clears throat> approved $106 million for teachers to teach the civics, and, and actually they have to be trained in. Um, and right now they're mostly don't understand the Constitution, just like our Board of County Commission. So there's uh, going to be a requirement to go through civics training on the part of the teachers. Uh, and and it, this gets right at the heart of critical race theory and some of the other things that are going on. Uh, some of the people who were at the hearing and objected to them um, because, quote unquote, it, it would uh, not allow them to teach critical race theory. Well, you know, that's too bad, in my opinion. So, yeah, find, find a new uh, line of work if this is something you want to teach, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> uh, but it, 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 it uh, you know, the governor was quoted as saying uh, that these revised civic standards will, in part, require public school students to study primary source documents. Go, you know, think about that. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that's great. To understand the philosophy and independence of the American Republic and the root cause of American exceptionalism. Uh, I mean... There's 16 pages of civic standards starting at kindergarten all the way through uh, 12th grade. They, uh, uh, what I saw last week in, in our final round of input was very foundational. Uh, so, again, I'm very encouraged. I'm anxious to read the final, um, which should be out today or tomorrow. But uh, I'm, I'm really encouraged by what's, what's, what's happening here. That's great news. Keith Flaw, again, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Very robust website. If you really want to know what's going on in public education in Florida, here in Cuyahoga County, go to uh, goflca.com. Goflca.com. Keith, Keith, always appreciate your commentary and the work that you do, which is so meaningful. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, happy to be with you this morning. Say hello to Congressman Donalds and uh, thank him on behalf of at least trying to stand up to our Board of County Commission. I certainly will. Thank you, Keith. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with our Congressman, Byron Donalds. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples.
Golfshore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us our United States Congressman, Byron Donalds. Byron, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Thanks for having me. My, I, I guess I should say Congressman Donalds. <laughs> I apologize for that. But uh, by the way, I'm, uh, Keith Flaw was my previous guest, and he just heard your name and said, please thank Congressman Donalds for uh, being there for us in this uh, uh, Bill of Rights uh, pr- proposal a couple of weeks ago when they were uh, debating it and whether it should become a resolution here in Collier County. It didn't, but nevertheless, uh, he was really grateful that you stood up. Of course. No, absolutely. I, you know, I think you know, standing up for the Constitution, the Bill of Rights is, first of all, uh, you know, as an elected official, forget being at whatever level you are. Yeah. We all swore an oath to uphold the Constitution. Yeah. So for me, the ordinance was, you know, a no brainer. It was unfortunate to see what the county commission uh, decided. Agreed. So uh, right now we're seeing protests all over Southwest Florida to in support of that, not necessarily protest, but in support of uh, Cubans who right now are protesting in Cuba about the uh, lack of resources and the, just uh, quite frankly, in my, my opinion, uh, no freedom. Uh, and I know you're taking a position on that. Yeah, I mean, I'm in complete support of, what's, of what the dissidents in Cuba are, are really standing for. And, and I think that, you know, because people who've actually had a chance to talk to opposition leadership um, in Cuba have said that this isn't about just lack of resources and COVID-19, like the White House says. It is about liberty. It's about freedom. Uh, you know, the Cuban people have been under a communist totalitarian regime for 62 years. Um, it's, I mean, it's 2021. It's time that comes to an end. Mm. Um, if you look at what's actually happened on, on the island, you know, the, the regime has only profited the Castro's um, and the people in the military who have been loyal to the Castro's and the people in the party that are loyal to the Castro's. They're the only ones that have benefited from the Cuban Revolution. Uh, the people have suffered. Um, there are Cuban people who have lost everything, who gave up everything to come to the United States. There are opposition leaders through the years who have, who have and, uh, and people who wanted to oppose the communist regime through the years, who have either been thrown in jail uh, for extended, for multiple years and extended periods of time, or uh, people who got on rafts 
trying to just make the journey. Mm-hmm. It, it is a complete and utter uh, humanitarian and economic crisis down there on that island. Um, and so, the, you know, the least we could do in the United States is see people go um, take to the streets in support of a free Cuba. Um, so I was actually at the one uh, down in Naples on the 13th. I went to that one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, anytime I'm available to go to one, I will definitely be there because I will always be on the side of freedom and liberty for people no matter where it is in the world. Thank you, Congressman. And, it, and what do you make of the position that the uh, Biden administration is taking that the Cubans can't come here? And yet, uh, I suppose if they went to Texas, they could go, come right through the <laughs> border wall. It's so confusing, the positions that they're taking. And I, think only, I can only assume that they believe that Cubans would become Republican voters and uh, the people coming across the border in Texas will become Democrat voters. And any thoughts on that? Um, I share your sentiments. I think that decision is awful. Yeah. Awful decision. Um, I, I, it, it makes no sense, especially having been to the border twice. And actually, was at, I was had a briefing on with uh, the chief of Border Patrol yesterday, understanding what the policy currently is from the Biden administration, where, mm-hmm. frankly, you have people from all over the world who are crossing our border illegally. It's not just people from the Northern Triangle countries. Um, you have people who from China, from Yemen, uh, mm. who are literally getting on planes, flying over to uh, Brazil or to Mexico, wherever they're going. They meet up with coyotes. The drug cartels are getting paid, and they're crossing our border illegally. Um, they're getting these, you know, they're getting asylum dates and then being released into the United States. Then for what's happening in Cuba, and frankly what's been happening in Cuba for 60 years, it, there's no doubt that there is asylum claims from Cuba. And for the president and, and uh, Secretary Mayorkas to say that, no, we're not going to, we're not going to allow you to stay. We're going to send you back to Cuba. Like, to me, it is outrageous. Mm. But the reason why I think that's the policy is, you, you, number one, you're absolutely right. They would vote Republican. There's no doubt about that. Um, just take a look at what how Cuban people, Cuban people vote in the United States today. Mm. And it's because, of course, coming from that environment, they appreciate freedom perhaps much more than we do. We take it for granted, unfortunately. They don't. They lived in repression. And without uh, the ability to you know, be free. And uh, you just have to appreciate the fact that uh, what they're going through, we should really support them. Byron, you know, right now we're in such a difficult environment in terms of uh, what's happening with this administration and current uh, members of Congress, uh, who incidentally are not, the Democrats are not standing up, they're crickets when it comes to standing up for the repression in Cuba or standing against it, but irrespective. We've got a lot of legislation that's being proposed that looms large, that's very scary. I just want to get your comments and, for example, the infrastructure program and the other things that are being proposed. I mean, the infrastructure uh, bill is just a complete disaster, a complete joke. Um, First of all, we're spending money we don't have. We already know that. Mm -hmm. Second of all, um, putting this much money into our economy right now is, again, this is just outrageous thinking. Um, the read on, in, on uh, inflation that just came out yesterday was a spike of 7.3% year over year. Mm-hmm. So the way I look at it is, forget this whole human infrastructure piece for a second, which, by the way, we don't need to be spending money on. Um, that's not what we need to be doing. What we need to be doing is making sure people get back to work so that families can actually earn money so they can take they can provide for themselves. That's number one. But number two, 
how, what does this do for home builders? What does this do for, for contractors? What the government would do is soak up money and soak up resources that are scarce right now for building away from the private sector to build government contract to build a uh, government projects mm. in a time where you have home builders who have stopped making who have stopped selling homes simply because they don't have the materials to actually build them. So they don't want to take down they don't want to take contracts but that they can't deliver on. You're at a time where car manufacturers can't build cars because they can't get the materials and semiconductors, quite frankly. You're talking about just about every major appliance is, has a massive delay because they can't get semiconductor ch uh, chips, any other materials to actually build the appliances and to build the electronics. And then you have a government that says, oh, yeah, well, by the way, we're going to spend trillions of dollars on infrastructure and human infrastructure. You know, but All you're going to do is zap resources increase inflation people are going to fall farther behind in this economy everything you say is absolutely true and and yet i i have difficulty believing uh, that the, the democrats could muster the support to be to, to pass these bills listen i hope they don't have the support Beto, but anything that's anything in in the legislative body you know bob is a live ball until it's dead and so you, you just don't know. I hope it's dead. I hope there's not an ability to pass it. The question is going to be what's going on in the Senate. And also the other question, you know, quite frankly, what happens a lot is where's the, where are the, the squad members in the House? You know, because the squad members are like, we don't like this. They'll vote against it. Republicans vote against it. Unfortunately, you may have some Republicans that vote for it um, in the House. We got to see what's going on. Like, there's really no telling what this is going to look like. Uh, right now, it's too new a proposal. We have to really see where the votes are. Uh, thank you, Byron. And, and finally, before I let you go, can you, any comments on uh, Joe Biden's visit to to Pennsylvania yesterday and his comments? They were disgusting. Yeah, just flat out disgusting. First of all, Texas law or the the, the bill that Texas is trying to draft uh, to put into law, what it does is it eliminates this these things from the COVID era. That make no sense to have when people can freely go vote. By the way, what what supervisors of elections were allowed to do during the COVID era were, were obscene and outrageous anyway. Mm -hmm. That being said, Texas is changing its law to make sure those things can never happen again. That makes total sense. The fact that you got Texas Democrats who basically are derelict in their duty and left the state to go to Washington, D.C., um, that is completely irrational and disrespectful of the people of texas number one for joe biden to come out and have his comments talking about this is jim crow and and all this nonsense when texas law would actually make it makes it easier to vote um for people in the state of texas for black people in the state of texas than it is for black people in his state of delaware mm -hmm. um the president has to do this stuff because he feels this is the only way he keep levels of support in their party because their agenda is failing it's failing in front of the eyes of the American people. Everybody knows it. They know it. Their voters know it. And so they have to do this stuff with respect to race and racial division and voter suppression because that's the only way they can get anybody to pay attention to what they're even trying to do. Yeah. Byron, just genuinely appreciate you taking time with our listeners today. Byron Donalds, again, our U.S. Congressman. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Absolutely, Bob. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you. Uh, in my comment when I introduced him, I, I've known Byron for years, for well over a decade, and I was his first campaign finance chairman in his first uh, run for uh, the state house, actually. So uh, 
we certainly have developed a close relationship. But my, when I call him Byron, I don't mean to disrespect him because he is a great man, in my opinion. All right, coming up, Seton Motley. He is the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulubee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-3889 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York style theater at its very best. I hope you visit the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to vor- visit with former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now, we have with us Seton Motley. He is the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Uh, I'd, lo- I'd love to, but we don't have any. Um, <laughs> we exist through just a side scope and sphere of influence to government. Uh, yeah, lessgovernment.org is the website. So, Seton, you wrote a great piece. The only definite winner in Biden's competition executive order, uh, competition being in quotes, is anti-competitive big tech. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, the reason the co- competition order was in quotes is because that's what the Biden administration calls it. And it's, it, it, it's this wide-sweeping thing that addresses just about every sector of the economy because we don't write legislation in Congress anymore. We just have presidents issue diktats. Yeah. And in his competition memo, there's nothing really, there's, there's almost none of it is concrete. It's this nebulous thing of we're going to more, more uh, scrupulously uh, uh, scrutinize 
Well, merger applications. Okay, that's not really a thing. Um, now, some of it's really specific. <laughs> it's like, there's like 72 things. One, it gets so specific, it says, Apple should allow non-Apple approved uh, repair uh, of, of their phones. I mean, it's that granular sometimes. Wow. Uh, um, but it's all, it's all over the map, and it's very, very nebulous, with one exception. It directs the Federal Communications Commission to reimpose net neutrality. Now, a couple of things about this. One, D.C. operates under the illusion that the Federal Communications Commission and several other agencies are independent agencies and can't be directed by the president to the bathroom, let alone to impose policy. Now, a couple of things. One... It's unconstitutional for these agencies to be independent. Mm -hmm. The Constitution calls for three branches of government, executive, legislative, judiciary. If, if they are independent, they're a fourth branch of government. So, so to pretend that they're independent, they're really not. They're the, the commissioners are appointed by the president and approved by Congress. They, exi they exist in the executive branch. Now, the reason I point that out is, the, the, the ridiculousness of them being independent. But Trump, when he was president, issued an executive order asking the Commerce Department, which he directs, to look at social media posts mm -hmm. and, and, and maybe incorporate the FCC. And D.C. went bananas. You can't direct the FCC. It's an independent agency. So I wanted to just quickly point out the hypocrisy yeah. of... Well, it, it, Biden it, it, direct, directly <clears throat> directing the FCC to do something, and no screeches of, you know, FCC is independent. And the president shouldn't be doing this. We got none of that this time. Well, now, see, so uh, Seton, uh, one comment I wanted to make is the reason we have these agencies in the first place is because when laws were written, they were supposed to; these agencies were supposed to, in a nonpartisan way. <laughs> which is ridiculous in it but they 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 were supposed to clarify issues that might be confusing in the law right. so that uh, so that pe people could proceed to apply the law in to the uh, in the country and that's why there was a horrible <coughs> supreme court ruling um of which Scalia was on the wrong side called the Chevron decision about 15 18 years ago and it basically said well, these independent these these agencies are the experts, so they should determine whether power limits exist. Uh -huh. And of course, these are bureaucrats. They they all decided we don't have any limits. That was the, that uh -huh. was the post Chevron decision. Is we don't have any limits. So they're all. unelected officials. They're accountable to nobody, really. And, uh, right. the, for example, I just think of uh, the travesty of Gina McCarthy running the e uh, EPA. Gina. Gina, yeah, I mean, what a mess. With her own email, with a, with a fake email account, which won awards, by the way. She made up an entire fake email account, and that fake employee won, like, efficiency awards in the government. Wow. <laughs> um, uh, yes, so speaking of transparency, uh, we found that out because we filed FOIA requests and found out she was running a, a second. That way she could hide the fact that she was doing what she was doing because she wasn't doing it. I can't remember the name of the the man she made up, but she wasn't doing it. This this other employee was, this yeah. fake employee. But anyway, so now we get to the net neutrality itself. And why is it helpful to big business, to uh, 
big tech. The, the, okay, we've talked about Section 230 yeah. and how they're complete, big tech is completely immune from lawsuits because of third-party content. Now, let's look at this in another context. If you run a flower shop, uh, Bob, and one of your customers punches another one of your customers, are you going to be sued? Probably. Well, then why? Because but that was a third-party action, but you're still on the hook legally for lawsuits in the, in the, in the, in the event that that occurs. Right. Why is big tech, the, the richest companies in the world, giving government blanket legal protection, litigation protection? Every other company on the planet has to carry litigation protection. Right. It's insurance just like homeowner's insurance, just like car insurance. It's insurance in case you get sued. Why did the government grant them blanket amnesty and the richest companies in the world don't have to carry the same insurance every other company does? Now, net neutrality is the advantage to big tech is, and it was just a rule, is they don't have to pay for the bandwidth they use. Mm-hmm. And quite obviously, they're the biggest bandwidth users on the planet. Of course. So we end up paying, you and I, with our little goofy connection to our house and our little goofy connection to our phone, pay dramatically more to subsidize Netflix and Google and Facebook and, and, and uh, Amazon. Now, of course, this is ridiculous. Now, there was an interesting ruling uh, I read about this morning in Seoul, South Korea, an internet provider had gone and sued Netflix and said, "You owe us money for all the bandwidth you're using." And Netflix said, "Not only do we not owe you money, we don't even have to negotiate with you." Hmm. <laughs> and the judge ruled that they do. Wow! That they're on the hook for money. Now they did. You know, obviously the judge was actually acting like a judge. He didn't say you owe X. You know, that's, that's the Congress, that's the legislative branch's job. But he did say, you guys have to negotiate with these people and you have to pay them. Wow. So that's an interesting thing. And that basically undermines a fundamental gift of net neutrality to big tech. And it'll be, of course, there won't be that exception in the net neutrality coming forth from the Biden administration. Absolutely. Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Let's Go. I genuinely appreciate you bringing these issues to our attention, and that is so interesting. I wonder if that's going to become a precedent around the globe, uh, that ruling in, uh, in uh, South we can Korea. One can only hope, Bob. Yeah, That's right. Okay. LessGovernment.org is the website. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
The dining scene in Naples is among the nation's finest. Get a first-hand experience with Naples Culinary Walks. Join a guided food walk with a terrific guide in a small group through elegant Naples neighborhoods known for destination restaurants. In three hours, you'll stop for small plates on your chosen tour. Dining walk choices include morning, afternoon, and evening offerings on 5th Avenue South, downtown 3rd Street, Waterside, Galleria Shops at Vanderbilt, and more. Prices begin at only $46 a person, depending on the tour you select. To find out more and to make a reservation, visit NaplesCulinaryWalks.com. That's NaplesCulinaryWalks.com for a great value and a terrific dining experience. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on the board. One of the initiatives is creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting thefga.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Bob. As always, it's a pleasure. Uh, our tradition continues, right? It does. How many years has it been, Bill? I, close to 15 years, I would say. <laughs> How long? I, I lost count. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but by the way, uh, the 10th yeah. anniversary of doing this show on the Internet is coming up on August the 1st. Very proud wow. of Wow. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. Uh, 10 years Wow. Yeah, it's a labor of love, I'll tell you. I just really enjoy it. It uh, keeps me in the game, Bill. keeps me uh, kind of informed in what's going on. So, uh, and well, hopefully, it's more, you know, it's more than that. I think it keeps your, you know, you, you have a, a very steady, loyal following. I don't think there's much diversity, if that's the right word to use, and, you know, people tuning in and tuning out and whatever. Your, your, uh, your, your clients, so to speak, are... Um, uh, they are as loyal as can be, and you do cover a heck of a lot of interesting uh, subjects, that's for sure. Well, thank you, Bill. I appreciate that so much. So, uh, what's top of mind for you in, in the Paradise Ghost? <laughs> well, it wouldn't be right if I didn't take a, 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 a poke at the, uh, at the mayor. Uh, she gave a very impassioned uh, speech to the city council on the last night of their meeting. Or, well, it was a day meeting, but it ended up at night before they went on, all went on vacation. And she said, I'm not vacationing this year. I'm going to be here working all summer. So enjoy yourselves and whatever. So last week with the uh, with Elsa, um, 
people were asking, uh, where, where is the mayor? Even though, thank goodness, we didn't get bothered by that. It was just another rainy day, you yeah. know, here. But um, uh, she was nowhere to be found, and nobody kind of knew at the time where she was. Well, she went on vacation. I guess she was up in Orlando, um, and uh, uh, no notice. I mean, usually during a storm, you, you want to know, uh, hear from the mayor, um, uh, you know, what's going on, what's to be expected, you know, um, are, is the city prepared? None of that. Yeah. So it's like, it just you know, it goes on and on and uh, ad nauseum. What else can I say? Well, the first thing that popped in my mind is you were the best at that because uh, I remember seeing you on the Weather Channel, all, all these venues, talking about what's happening during the hurricanes. And uh, you're absolutely right. People want to know, in the absence of information, I mean, you could hear, listen to a radio station, but, you know, you want to know that uh, the city's prepared. So, uh, Well, yeah, th- th- that that's the worst part. I think the worst angst that people get during those, um, I mean, we were lucky with this. It was nothing, you know, and it could have been worse. But um, you still want to hear from somebody. You want to hear from someone that you can trust and uh, and say, hey, you know, that's good. It makes me feel a little better inside. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But, hey, um, let's move on to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bill. So uh, we've had some uh uh, gatherings, people who are supporting the Cubans and resi- the resistance to the uh, Castro regime, to the communist uh, government. Uh, of course, uh, Jen Psaki, I guess that's how she pronounced his name, is, uh, is basically saying, well, it's just mismanagement. It's got nothing to do with communism or the lack of freedom in, yeah. <laughs> in Cuba. Anyhow, have you seen any of this? Have you uh, seen any of the yeah. protests? Yeah, I was watching, you know, we had some protesters here in Naples very, very well um uh, uh, or, you know, it was nicely organized. There was no commotion or, or uproars or violence whatsoever. Um, and, um, you know, those are, I think, the type of protests that you just, that you, you wish happened all over, regardless of what they were protesting. You know, there were no fights that broke out or anything. And, uh, you know, uh, for whatever good it's going to do, I, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's beneficial or whether the people over there will even see it. You know what I mean? Well, you know, I, I think uh, this this is real. These people have had enough, if you will. There's thousands and thousands protesting all over the island. And the real, right. and the real question is, will the Cuban military, will the Cuban police or uh, law, law enforcement, will they turn their guns on the populace? And I suspect they won't. So if that's true, uh, this could be an overthrow of the government. Yeah, you, 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 you think they will or they won't? I think they won't. Yeah, I, I do too. I do too. Um, and, and, and maybe it can come out as a positive. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, so we can, we can only hope. I would hate to see that. Um, yeah, and I mean, I, but my question to you was, you think that they know that they have the support here from all of all the Cuban Americans. Well, that's a great question because, of course, they've cut off internet connections. They've cut off communications from uh, right. global communications. They may not, they may not have any idea what's going on and the support that they're getting from around the world. Uh, it's it's uh, yeah, true, amazing. True. So, hey, I wanted to ask you about uh, the ordinance to uh, make Collier County a, a, a sanctuary for. Uh, the Bill of Rights. Right. I think we also had a movement to to do that, a sanctuary in uh, in Naples uh, for uh, against abortion. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I just want to get your comments. What are your thoughts? 
Well, you know, the one in the county, they, they, they passed a resolution yesterday. Uh, um, and um, uh, I think, um, I think, or was it Tuesday? But um, It was Tuesday. And, and I think that was a good, good solution. Um, there were, there were, listening to the speakers, Bob, was uh, a show in itself. I'll tell you what, they, they all had the same thing in mind, I think, basically. But um, I think the county did the right thing with the resolution. That's, it doesn't have the teeth that the, um, that the ordinance um, w would have had, um, but it's just as well. I think they both made good points on either side, and that sounds like a political answer from me, but it isn't. It's just the way I saw it. Yeah. And um, and then, oh yeah, I want to tell you. Um, did you know that uh, that Michelle McLeod, my former city council uh, member, uh, is running for Penny Taylor's seat? I did not. Uh, oh yeah, she announced she's uh, she's going to be running uh, for the uh, uh, county commission representing the city of Naples and. Uh, uh, I'm a big fan of, uh, big, regardless of who you're for or not for, I am a big fan of Michelle's. I think she's a she's a bright young lady, and um, I think it'll be interesting. And, of course, Alfie has a candidate in there, and uh, uh, Penny said she's going to run again. So it'll, it'll be, it will be interesting as it gets going. Yeah, that's interesting. I, who is uh, Alfie's candidate? I, I don't know her. I'm, uh, she, she's relatively, she's a, she's a young woman. I don't think she has any political experience whatsoever. Uh, she's a, from what I understand, she's a realtor. Um, and, and that's about all I can tell you. You can, you can, we can talk more about it next week. You can look her up. But I, as I say, I don't, I yeah. really don't know much about her. Well, so, I, must, I must say, I, I, I like Penny Taylor. She's such a good person yeah. when you know anything about her or about her personal life and how she's uh, taken in so many foster children and so forth. Yeah, she, but, yeah she, she's, she's, she's been very nice. I've known her a lot of years. But, yeah. you know, you all pick your candidates and you, uh, you, you do the best you can. And in the end, we... Uh, we move on, right? That's exactly right. Bill Barnett, again, <laughs> former, former mayor of Naples, uh, and uh, just appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Bob, look forward to speaking with you next Thursday, and have a great one. You as well. Thank you, Bill. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Um, we've got great guests for tomorrow's show, including William Yateman. He is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. We'll be talking about current world events. We'll also visit with uh, Michael Cannon. He is director of health studies at the Cato Institute. Uh, Michael, I got an email from him saying that uh, he's going to be out of the office until Monday, so I'm a little concerned about the interview. But nevertheless, I've got him scheduled. And uh, we'll also visit with Phil Kirpin. Uh, Phil Kirpin is a he's on the. He's, just uh, he's it's amazing. American Commitment is the name of one of the organizations that he's with, but also he's with the uh, and I can't remember the newsletter that I receive every day, but uh, he's he's part of that as well. And Erica Donalds is the uh, the uh, founder and president CEO of the Optima Foundation. What the the Optima Foundation does is establish. Charter schools throughout uh, Florida. So uh, I proudly serve on her board and uh, doing some great things. And I want you to find out about it. So Eric is going to be joining us as well. Always appreciate hearing from you. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. Bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste.
Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.